Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, we're looking at some of the issues raised by President Biden's recent executive order designed to ensure responsible innovation in digital assets and to explore the possibility of creating a central bank digital currency. The idea is what the White House is calling a whole-of-government approach to coordinate activities across a wide range of issues, including but not limited to consumer protection, financial stability, and national security. And one of those national security issues is related to Russia, potentially using cryptocurrency to avoid economic sanctions levied in response to the invasion of Ukraine. We'll talk more about that coming up. But first, we'll hear from U.S. Representative Maxine Waters, who outlined some of the government's concerns at a recent hearing on digital assets and the future of finance. Americans are increasingly making financial decisions using digital assets every day. Even some pension funds are beginning to invest in cryptocurrencies on behalf of retirees, despite the track record of volatility of cryptocurrencies as investments. The pandemic has also continued uh, to, to contribute to working families looking for alternatives to rebuild their nest egg by investing in cryptocurrency. The rapid growth of this industry has also become more visible with celebrity endorsements and ATMs that exchange cash for cryptocurrency. However, several questions remain as to how traditional rules apply and whether regulators have sufficient authority to protect investors and consumers while maintaining market integrity and encouraging innovation. Currently, cryptocurrency markets have no overarching or centralized regulatory framework, leaving investments in the digital aspect space vulnerable to fraud, manipulation, and abuse. I also talked to Kent State University finance professor David Peleg, who says he thinks President Biden's executive order was a significant and necessary development for a number of reasons. Number one, cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin or Ethereum, which agencies oversee them. Uh, they also need to adapt the legislation for the budding area, which you may have heard of these NFTs or NIFTs, they call them, non-fungible tokens, which are a new way of selling and distributing virtual content, virtual collectibles and, and or you know, creation of music or you know, artworks or virtual worlds. So it's a new area and the government wants to make sure that people are protected from scams and people with bad interests. Yet at the same time, since this is sort of part of the future, at the same time, you do want to create a place where people can design and innovate and create the new thing and, you know, hopefully do it in the United States. So that's one side. The flip side of that is a central bank digital currency, right? Which sounds a lot like Bitcoin or like a cryptocurrency, but it's a lot different. The central bank digital currency would be dollars, and those dollars would be held in an account at the Federal Reserve Bank 
by people and company, individuals like you and me. It's a similar but totally different world than crypto. And so it's a pretty big and broad approach, but the approach is good for everybody because until you have really solid legal and regulatory background behind cryptocurrencies, then institutions can't really adopt them for mainstream type of uses, fintech and settlement of commerce and transactions and that kind of thing. So I was particularly interested, going back to your point about the central bank issuing its own U.S.-backed digital currency or cryptocurrency. I don't really understand how that would actually work and what the advantage of it would be. Sure. So it's not a cryptocurrency at all. It, it'll be U.S. dollars. But right now, you hold your U.S. dollars at a bank like Huntington or PNC or whoever, and they're digital, right? Most of your money is digital unless you have, you know, a million dollars buried under your mattress. But even then, if you have a million dollars under your mattress, that million dollars is not worth a million dollars, believe it or not, because you can't really use it, right, unless it's in the banking system. So right now you have a, most of your money is digital, but it's at one database. It's at the database of your bank. And so the central bank digital currency would be U.S. dollars, but instead of Huntington Bank, your account would be at the Federal Reserve Bank. And there's a lot of money market plumbing that needs to be put into place to get those dollars between the private banking system and the Fed. But one of the reasons you might have a, a central bank digital currency is that if they decided that the economy was weak and they wanted to give a stimulus, instead of buying treasury bonds from banks and hoping that money gets its, finds its way to loans, which it doesn't usually, or uh, sending people checks in the mail, well, those checks would only go to people who had to file income tax returns. So with a central bank digital currency, they could say, okay, everybody – has $500 and go and spend those $500. They would put a cap on the amount you could have in your account there because they wouldn't want you to take all your money out of Huntington and put it at the Fed. And they would have a negative interest rate on it because they would want you to spend that money immediately because the purpose is, is stimulus. So that is one of the purposes of a digital currency. Another purpose of a digital currency is Right now, if you send me dollars, once that money gets in the bank, all of those dollars are fungible. It's, I don't love that word. It's a good word. It describes it well, but a lot of people don't understand it. It just means that one $10 bill is the same as any other $10 bill, right? But with a central bank digital currency, it's possible that those dollars would have some sort of serial number. So the government will be able to track where that money went. And a lot of people who don't like central bank digital currencies don't like that additional control that it would give to the federal government over money. Okay. So, so we've been spending a lot of time talking about banks, and most mm -hmm. of us use banks. Most people mm -hmm. have a bank account, but mm -hmm. a, a lot of people don't. Millions of people around the country are mm -hmm. either what they call unbanked or mm -hmm. underbanked. And Correct. often it is those people who use digital currency because for them, 
there's an advantage. And I wonder if you could talk about that. Why is it that people who don't have bank accounts find it good for them to use digital currency, including people who are trying to transfer money overseas or maybe even refugees who are fleeing one place to another? The key with a cryptocurrency is that there is no third party. So if I want to write you a check, right, and you're at PNC Bank and I'm at Huntington, right, I have to I write you a check, you put it at PNC, PNC calls up Huntington, Huntington finds my account, they take the money out of my account, they put it in their account, and then they switch it to PNC's account, and then PNC routes that money to your account. So there's a third party involved, right? And if they said David Pellig is a bad person, right, and the government put a lien on my money or whatever, or the bank decided they didn't like me, then they could interfere with that transfer, right? Uh, so I need those third parties to do a transfer. However, if I want to transfer you a Bitcoin or, an, uh, or Ether, right, nobody on planet Earth can stop me from doing that. So if, I, if I'm in, say, I'm in Ukraine or in Russia and I want to get some money out and I'm fleeing the country, right, all I need to do is somehow get my money and buy some Bitcoin somewhere. And then once I have those Bitcoin, I can go anywhere in the world and use those Bitcoin and convert them back to the currency wherever I land, whether it's in Australia or the United States or Canada. Um, and so Bitcoin is, a, is possibly the only way to, trans, to get your money out of the country, you know, when they shut down the world banking system. I see, because there was also some news this week that one of the reasons that the administration was putting together a policy with regard to digital currency is there were concerns about Russia some of them had to do with ransomware, like a lot of times people who hack your computer and they oh, use yeah. ransomware, they demand payment in cryptocurrency. But it sounded yeah. like to me from the release from the White House that there was also some other concern having to do with Russia and cryptocurrency, and I couldn't quite figure out what that was. I wonder if you know any more about that and can help kind of discern oh, that. Sure. So part of the sanctions that the United States uh, put on Russia due to their invasion of the Ukraine was to have them kicked out of the um, SWIFT messaging system, which is a messaging system between banks. It's a very old, it's a very old system. It's, it's like 1970s technology where banks can transfer uh, dollars or other currencies between each other using a SWIFT message. And by shutting them out of the SWIFT messaging system, it effectively tries to shut the um, tries to shut the Russians out of the of the world financial system. And thus, they can't settle commerce, they can't sell products because they can't get paid, so they can't do exports, they can't get their wealth out again because they can't get paid or they can't make payments. Uh, they may default on their debt because they can't make payments, and so. The Russians, right, are trying uh, are trying to figure out a way so that they can keep operating their economy, uh, which wouldn't. Uh, and so, one of those ways they may have contemplated, although I don't think it's enough scale for them to do right now. But 
using Bitcoin, they could make payments in Bitcoin. If they convert some of their dollar holdings into Bitcoin, they could make payments in Bitcoin to other parties. Uh, and then nobody can control that, right? Nobody can stop them from making a payment at Bitcoin. So, and I think Bitcoin went up a little bit, but it hasn't gone up enough that would suggest to me that they're using that in any large scale. Um, because, you know, Bitcoin would work, but again, it takes a long time to set up your systems and, you know, to settle commerce and, you know, with your trading partners all over the world. So uh, that, that could take some time to switch over to Bitcoin. But it, it's, one of the, it's one of the things the U.S. government in, in enforcing their sanctions would be very concerned about because that could be a way around the sanctions. There was one other really interesting twist that I heard of. It also came out in this House of Representatives hearing. And one of the people that was asking questions sounded pretty alarmed. And actually, I was a little alarmed when I heard it, too, when they said, you know, Meta, Facebook, um, had talked about issuing their own digital currency. And they said, at least for now, they're not going to. And they were like, could you imagine if I mean, there's only 6 billion some people on the planet, but over half of them are on Facebook. Could you imagine if they had their own currency, what that would do to the world banking system and the world economy as a whole and the U.S. banking system? And I was like, well, yeah, that could be, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I want Mark Zuckerberg to have all our money. Correct. And I don't think anyone else does. And I think that's sort of the, that is why I don't believe that the meta digital currency will will kick off. So if you're going to use, if you want to use a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, the reason why you use it is that nobody can control it, right? It's set in stone and, and acts as as a gold, the same way that gold is literally set in stone or in dirt <laughs> and you need to mine it to get more gold. That's the same thing with Bitcoin. If uh, Meta was to have a cryptocurrency, then Zuckerberg will control it. And that right there sort of nullifies its ability to be interesting. That being said, we have, you know, you may have seen that there's been a couple of large virtual real estate transactions. Have you seen the news about that? I have not. Somebody bought what? They bought like a skyscraper with Bitcoin or something? No, they bought a skyscraper in a virtual world with Bitcoin or Ether in this case. So for four and a half million dollars worth of Ether, they bought a piece of property in a virtual world called the Sandbox. And why would you do that? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like you would use real money to buy something that isn't. Why would you do that? Because if you expect millions of people to use this metaverse, and you have the prime real estate in the virtual world with your store right in the middle of the Times Square of this new metaverse or the or there's metaverse or sandbox there's a couple of others if you own that property then you should be able to monetize that by i don't know selling products or games or nifties or whatever it is you're going to sell you would own that virtual real estate That was Kent State University finance professor David Pellig. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. Mm -hmm.
That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.